0: Welcome to an inspirational message by Pastor Harold Vice, Senior Pastor at Little Falls Christian Center. We pray, Father, what a stunning song. I'll praise you in the storm. And how powerful those words. It got me going immediately and I said to Molly, hold the song till I get back because this one is for me. And I, Father, want to say today, That in the midst of all storms, in the midst of all trials, tribulations, trouble, whatever the trouble may be, perilous times, times of anxiety reaction, we come to you and we praise you. We lift up our eyes to the hills. We realize our help is from the Lord. And we realize that this month the Lord will sustain us. You will protect us. You will all the time guard over us. You will cause us to be healthy, to remain in health even as our souls prosper. You will bless us with multiplication power. You will bless every tither this day, everyone who faithfully gives to God Almighty that the Almighty would register and see, and you know all things, and you see all things. And Lord, so As we give our tithes, we give it in the presence of the Holy Spirit, and we thank you for it, that it has incredible results. For we do what the Master told us, and now the Master will sustain us, protect us, keep us healthy, and look after us and our household and our families, wherever we are, in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. I needed to do that. May God bless His Word forever and ever to every soul. Well, I want to talk about the Elijah factor because I began to realize that there's a lot of people that do not quite understand who is for them and they rely on every other thing. And I want to say Today, the words of Elijah in 2 Kings chapter number 1, when he said these words, he said, is it that there is no God in the case of Israel, in Israel, that you should consult, consult with the Baals and all the false idol gods and find yourself some other solutions apart from me? Therefore, and if we look at that, we see how the prophet reacts. He not only represents the entire prophetic circle so to speak of all the ages he also represents the 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 fire the zeal for the lord as moses represented the law elijah represented the prophets and it's it's an amazing thing if you take it they both come together in christ of course but we see christ with elijah and moses on the mount of transfiguration again And we believe, and the Jewish people actually also believe those are the two witnesses of Revelation, because all the signs that you read of in the book of Revelation connect to them and the things they did as a regular thing. Now, I want to talk about this because there's a lot of people with a lot of anxiety, and I've seen this. Listen to me, for 500 years, 500 days, I should say, I have been battling with believers everywhere, like everywhere, wherever I go, I battle to get fear out of people that they may trust in the Lord with all of their hearts, not lean on their own understanding, and to acknowledge God. It's very simple. Acknowledge God in all that they do. And you do that through your prayer life. And then He will provide in all of our needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Now, with that that in mind, I was thinking that, um, you know, there was towards the end of our our journey when we went down to the Cape, we went down from the Mackleland down to Cape Town, saw the children there, and then traveled up again uh, to Colesburg. We overnighted in Colesburg, and uh, then we have six hours left to to go home, and uh, that was a day or two ago that that happened, and a six-hour journey from Colesburg back here. And uh, in the night, I don't know, I just remember, suddenly I saw a wall. I will speak more about that wall on on the road forward. I saw a wall. The thing is ancient. The thing is, you know, if you see a wall built by... Uh, let's say thin bricks or you know uh, in, in sufficient material strength. You see a wall that is easily breakable breakable like the rhino walls or the wooden walls that they knock down with a hammer in America where they build many of the homes by, by or with wood. Um, I looked at that wall, and i thought this this wall is number one ancient the stones in this wall are huge they have a colour those stones they've got mildew on them there's fungus on them they have discoloured some places the pure stone is open other places there is the the whole situation of the wall with with all of its its uh it's uh like we we're saying in Afrikaans language, on You know, just all sorts of stuff stuck now on the wall. But this thing is a thick, heavy barrier, obstacle. And I'm standing, and a voice says to me, like God spoke to the prophet Ezekiel and said, Son of man, can these bones live again? The same way, spoke, can this wall be broken through by the living God. And I immediately thought of the prophet Ezekiel and I thought of these words, Lord, you know, you know, it's possible because God is the God of breakthroughs. And I thought of myself, this is wonderful to see this wall because now I know that the barrier that keeps people in trouble in the land of trouble, in the storm, that barrier will be broken. Now, the best explanation of a breakthrough is really a dam wall. We were flying at some time in years gone by over the Hoover Dam in the United States, over the Wall Dam here in South Africa, and I was at the base of the Vol Dam, the wall, and I saw from the top, from an aircraft, uh, at the Grand Canyon, we could see The Great Hoover Dam and its massive wall, a very high wall between two mountain cliffs and quite impressive, very impressive. I looked down from the aircraft, the wings above and below the windows, you can clearly see what you're flying over. And I thought to myself, that is like a wall that's made to last. And then I thought, how do you bring down a wall? You take a chisel and you begin to hammer away. And every day you're hammering away and every day you're hammering away and you continue to do that until finally there is a little hole and the little hole becomes a big hole. And that just tells me of a moment in which you've been hammering away with your prayer life at a particular prayer request. You strike that thing with all your might. I don't play games. People have suffered with a with COVID uh, plague. And uh, I don't play games. When I pray, I really get into it. I tell you, I prayed for a couple of people these past few days. And I just did not make no jokes about it. I hit that thing as hard as I can. Because the damn wall, this barrier, this boundary must be destroyed. The stronghold must come down. I cannot get the image out of my mind. I know what we're talking about. Every time you are facing that obstacle, it's like that wall. And now the question to you is, is the Lord able to remove that wall? Can he give you a breakthrough? Yes, he can. You can pray your way through every obstacle. is the God, as King David called him, the God of breakthroughs. And He's the God that will give you your breakthrough. But you've got to keep asking, keep praying, keep seeking, and continue seeking, asking, and praying until your breakthrough comes. And most people give up too, uh, too easily. You know, it's just, for me, the most amazing thing. The one thing, listen to me now, the one thing that can help people the most Of all things, let me just close here for a sec. The one thing that can help them the most is their prayer life. If they go, like, I mean, if you go to a Saturday morning prayer meeting, you see how the prayer is being done. You see how those people are hitting that wall to bring down that obstacle. Well, it is so that in the Bible, God deals with people not according to the shortages not according to their inferiorities that they might feel personally, not according to their past failures. You know, some people are driving their motor cars in a way that they look through the rear view mirror and they're stuck with their sight on the rear view mirror. I always say I'm a front window driver. I couldn't care what goes on behind, except if I want to pass a car, but I don't care if... Whatever happens behind me, as long as I look before me, there's one thing I do. Stretching forward towards the high price of the goal in Christ Jesus, my Lord and Savior, the price of the upward call of Him by whom I have, I like the Afrikaans translation says, He grabbed hold of me for that purpose. And I want to tell you something, I don't care. I honestly do not care What obstacle is in front of me? After seeing that wall, I realized God was saying to me, this thing looks to you impossible. And he made sure that it did look impossible. It looks heavy. It looks unmovable. It looks everything that's negative. you want to go forward, you stop dead. It's too high. You can't climb over. You've got nothing to get over that wall. You can't get by. So there's only one that'll get you through the storm. Only one, it'll give you a breakthrough. It's the living God. So, with that, that said in mind, I want to take you on the Elijah journey with the Elijah factor. But let's begin our, our discourse and let us, because we've got two. We've got this morning and tonight and I'm on this thing. Like I mean, I'm revitalized, refreshed. All the batteries are firing. Every piston is flying, so to speak. It is just all is sparking, all is on fire with me at the moment. I'll tell you. And then I want to take you to this principle. And I want you to hear this principle very clearly. You know, um, uh, we did you know psychometri- psychometrics at one point in time, testing aptitude of people. That was uh, after I graduated uh, at the University of South Africa. I had to do courses for uh, psychometry, in other words, doing aptitude testing of people, and uh, then it it was very interesting. You go through all those tests yourself, and then after that, you test other people to find out what their gift set is and how they might respond according to their gift set. Normally, their gift set also provides the passion of what they want to do because they normally are, and even the school subjects, normally a very good indicator of where they are really good at. And so, when people have a passion for things and they do what they call called to do, what the master called us to do, the heavenly master, then life becomes a holiday. Life becomes a holiday. That's why it can last 500 days. And it doesn't matter how long it goes on because the church of God is indestructible. And by the way, I haven't got my cell phone now, but I'll tell you what. I call that app of the church, Little Falls Christian Center app, I call it the church in your pocket. And we're working on it to get it better and better and better. It is the church in your pocket. It will put you over. You ever got the Bible, a lot of things on there. But now, God is not looking at what you have not got. God is looking at what you have got. Right now, I need to say this very clearly. He's not looking at Your shortages, you have things that you really need, but they're nice to have, they're not essential or the must-have stuff. And people are very often focused on the nice-to-have stuff, the not-necessary stuff, and they neglect praying about the must-have stuff. So if you look at that situation, we have a man, I'm going to start with Moses, and then move on to Elijah, and we're going to spend the rest of the day on Elijah, and whatever time it takes, even if it takes more than one week, for sure. And I want to take you to Exodus chapter number 4, verse number 1. Exodus 4, verse number 1. Then Moses, having seen God appear in the burning bush, uh, answered and he said, But suppose... Moses was still full of buts. But suppose... They will not believe me or listen to my voice when I return to Egypt and have to appear before Pharaoh on their behalf. Suppose they say, the Lord has not appeared to you. He's got to go to the elders of Israel. Always the elders were the most respected because of their experience and their wisdom of the years that they gained. Life is a school, my friend. Okay, so suppose they don't believe me and they say, the Lord has not appeared to you. So the Lord said to him, What is that in your hand? Now, I can immediately do a stock taking and say, what do I have in my hand? There are two concepts that are very important with me all my life. It's insight, understanding my situation, and foresight. Foresight with what I intend to do on the road forward. I plan it now. I don't wait till tomorrow comes, and then I decide, well, okay, tomorrow's now on me, and what shall I do? We've got, oh, now there are major changes happening to society. In the month of January of the year ago now, when um, COVID was about to start, I had a vision, and I saw that serpent come out of the sea and spew the the dirty ink-like substance of the waters going out like an octopus to the nations of the world, and uh, two other visions of the earth in darkness and then in light, and the church that go at the, the great door in heaven, Revelation 4, one. that vision. Um, I, I, I remember so very clearly that in the time that I had these visions, God gave me a warning Trouble is coming. Warn the people. Start talking about it. But moreover, it was like, it was like, I remember the first teachers of, of, of my teachers when I was like in the year of, let me see, 1947, 1952, that would be. In 1952, the teachers spoke to my mother and father and 53 also and 50. Uh, four Now he spoke to my parents and every time there's a parent's evening they would say your son is always one step ahead later on the teachers would say when when you you're always one step ahead we're moving in that direction you've already been there and it's like that we they said to my parents never catch me out because I'm one step ahead and that's what I quietly believed in never spoke about it I just did it and so avoid myself, Many, many obstacles and troubles and trials by just being one step ahead. So the first thing to do is, when this COVID thing happened, we started planning. I got the pastors together. I have a brilliant team of pastors. I have not one. I got several guys that are like Josh's that are ready to go. And we have planned and we've got a Bible school. We're raising up leaders. We're doing everything that we need to do. So I look one step ahead and I said, okay, first and foremost, let's look at the system of the church. I'm not going to get into all the details of this. What have we got to address what's coming in the future? And we planned, and we planned, and we gathered equipment and improved our internet reception and the whole thing. Then they announced the, the covid And uh, we improved our internet reception. We went into a higher level of camera work. All the equipment, we had it ready. And the last of the equipment arrived one day before the national lockdown. So we were over ready for the lockdown. Then we began tweaking the system. And we went on for a while, and now we are where we are, and we're still looking all the time at making this thing better. We were ready for it one step ahead. I said, what is that that we have? I've always turned away from the television audience and opted for the internet audience because it crosses the barriers of all the nations. And I said, that's the way to go, and I feel the Lord is telling me in my heart, go that way. So, we went that way. So, when it came, we were ready. We had a home cell network in place. We had everything in place. When it was necessary, we could switch to Zoom cells. When it was necessary and where they opened sufficiently, we could meet with our leaders and then from the leaders, inspire the people. Then the pastor started phoning the people around the clock, and they still do. It goes slower now because everybody wants to have a little chat with the pastor since the last chat, and they're all very friendly and kind. And wherever I go, I get the people saying, Hello, Pastor, even now in the Cape. Somebody comes up to me and said, We can't believe it. Here we're sitting in Cape Town and there's the pastor. We've been talking about you. And, you know, we've been looking at the the church this morning and here you're sitting. You were not the preacher. The other guys were preaching. But here you're sitting and they're so glad to see us. We've now moved to Cape Town and they're talking to us and I bless them and, and all of that stuff. You stay one step ahead, my friend. You plan one step ahead. You pray one step ahead. All things are one step ahead. God doesn't say to you what you haven't got. What is it that you need? And then I say, all right, I don't have to explain nothing to the Lord because the Lord, my God, knows everything I need. So why should I spend hours and hours and hours explaining to him who knows everything? So I get my faith scriptures out I make sure that they seated well, ready and in, in place, always refreshed. And the Lord blesses us with that memory to be able to do so. And so the Holy Spirit reminds us of everything the Lord said. And so I go there. I get the scriptures ready. I get the prayer strategy sorted. Now we hit the, the, in the uh, COVID situation. We go online and we're ready and we've been ready ever since and i'm telling you now as i look at you i don't i don't look at what's going to happen tomorrow i'm looking at what's going to happen in 2022 i'm going i'm looking forward to the end of the covid problem altogether altogether i said see i'm looking at the god Of heaven and earth, the almighty God who's in control. My eyes have been constantly on him. I have never put my faith in anything else except his word. On my knees, pray everything out. Whatever there is that's wrong, pray it out of my life. I have focused on the Lord and did everything according to what he told me to do. And he took me through wonderful times and he took me through experiences to Get me to the place where I can talk to the people and say, I know. Now, um, again, the Lord said to Moses, said to him, Moses, now you saying, suppose they say the Lord has not appeared to you. So the Lord said to him, what is that in your hand? I said to you, what is that in your hand? And Moses said, a rod, just a stick. And he said, cast it on the ground. So he cast it on the ground and it became a serpent. Wesley passed me that rod. Wesley is helping me here with the broadcast, and uh, he just passes it over like that. Thank you very much. And here's my one. Here is the one I walk with, and this goes with me everywhere. And so this one actually comes out of France, where I brought it the there. those days. You could actually still bring things like this onto an aircraft. So. I brought this, it was beautiful, and uh, I thought, well, okay, from Mont Blanc, the ice mountain in uh, the Alps, I brought this from the, the uh, glacier there, the ice glacier, and uh, I thought, I must take this, I must take this home, and must take it home. I brought it home. It's been with me ever since I look after this one very much. And he says, Moses, what is that in your hand? Moses says, here in my hand, stick, And God says to him, Then the Lord said to Moses, Reach out your hand and cast it to the ground and it became a serpent. So what did he do? He cast it to the ground and it became a serpent. And he said, Moses fled away from it. Then the Lord said to Moses, Now reach out your hand and take it by the tail. So... He took it by the tail. I've got it also by the tail. And he took it by the tail. And what happened? And he reached out his hand, he caught it, and it became a rod in his hand again. That they may believe that the Lord God of their fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob, has appeared to you. That is the rod of God. That was the rod of God. Now, it's interesting, that rod afterwards would be called the rod of God. I give you verses um, where, for example, uh, God is talking, and he says, uh, "He says, go now and take the rod of God with you. So the rod of God, there are several verses actually about this, actually many verses about this. Let me see if I can perhaps uh, uh, get you some verses at least, uh, you know, uh, of, of of this, uh, let me see, yeah, maybe I've got, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Then Moses took his wife and his sons and he led and he set them on a donkey and he returned to the land of Egypt and Moses, now it's not just a stick. It's not just a rod. He says, and he returned to the land of Egypt and Moses took the rod of God. God turned the rod into a, an instrument which was called the rod of God in his hand. And again, Exodus 79, and Moses said to Joshua, choose us some men and go out and fight with Amalek. Tomorrow I'll stand on the top of the hill with a rod of God in my hand. Now, with that in mind, we can go on with it all over. He's using this rod. Stretch out your hand with your rod over the streams and over the rivers and over the ponds and cause the frogs to come up of the land of Egypt. Take the rod, stretch out your hand over the waters and the streams and over the rivers, over the ponds. Exodus 7 verse 19, Exodus 8 verse 15. And then, strike the rod, stretch out your rod and strike the dust of the land. It may become lice. And all the time God is using the rod of God. And ultimately he stands with the rod and he says... He says, lift up, he says, lift up your rod and stretch your hand out over the sea and divide it. And the children of Israel shall go on dry ground through the midst of the sea. He took the the rod, he raised up the rod in front of those waters. And as he did it, those waters divided. So what am I saying? goes a bit rough here with that thing, but uh, anyway, it gives you the idea of what I'm busy talking about because I believe in these things. I believe God says something, then he says something in a certain way, and that rod becomes the rod of God. Why am I saying that to you as we come to the end of this first session? That should never come to the end. It should go on till tonight, but I'm going to continue tonight with the Elijah factor. What am I saying to you? What is that that you've got in your hand? God is ready to use it supernaturally, I say unto you, in a miraculous way, to take care of your circumstances. What gifts do you really have? What have you been good at in this life? What is it that God has given you that makes you uniquely you? What is it that you possess? Every time God would come, He would not say, now tell us, what is your shortage? Let me know what you come short of. He would every time say, what is that that you have got? Then God places a blessing on that. And once he's placed his blessing on it, it begins to multiply. It begins to create miracles. So today, as I close this session on the Elijah factor, I want to say to you, wherever you are, in whatever condition you may find yourself in, what is that that you have? I would say my first answer to the Lord would be, I got two knees and I can pray. That'd be my first answer. And I believe, I tell you, I, I tell you, you know what? what the, the only thing I say, I cannot believe how many Christians do not pray. That I would say. But for me, it's not a negotiable thing. For me, it's a lifestyle. For me, it's kingdom of God, communication with the master. The master's busy looking after me. I've got a report for duty. I've got to say to the master, master, I've got to get this job done. The master says, what's that in your hand? What is the ability that you've got? What do you possess so that you can do the task? The Lord very clearly just got me to increase on technical equipment before the lockdown and set it up before the lockdown, when the lockdown come, came, you're now looking at cameras that were put in because of that. You're now looking through cameras, can I almost say. And I'm looking back at you and I'm saying to you, what is it that you've got? Because if God puts a blessing on it, then you will increase multiply, be successful, you will see the miraculous in in action and tell you this, if you live the kingdom of God, obedient, lifestyle, straight, narrow road, God will use what you've got and He will bring out of your system creativity and He will use that creativity to do something that will sustain you, that will sustain even other people, Because it's more blessed to give than to receive. And God will make you a helper of other people in need. What is it today? If you seriously look at yourself and you say to yourself, Lord, what is it that I have? Father, I pray for revelation right now. I pray that everybody's watching me right now will get a revelation. Not what they don't have, not what they come short of, but what they have. Then I release creative ability along with that which they have including their gift aptitude gift set all the strengths that they have in that you put there all the talents they have you put those talents there we call them aptitude you you aptitudes you, or aptitude and uh, you call them talents and so father i pray that you will generate such power through the talents in your people, such power through what your people has got, have got, such power that they will stand astounded in less than a year because of what they've achieved. That which they've got becomes the rod of God. God bless you. For more teachings like this and other material, please visit our website at www.littlefoolsonline.com.